Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. For the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull here. The phone lines, they are open. So if you want to jump in here, you can. 8150-93.9 is uh, the number 3831-93.9 for the UPS Jobs text line if you want to hit us up. Uh, that way, you are welcome to. I want to read this sort of a lengthy text. I'm not going to read all of it. But it's it's a dilemma that I feel because I don't okay. I don't want to be dismissive of people who say these things. But I also don't know what they expect of me. So I'm going to read at least a piece of it. Texture says, recognizing you two guys are in the business of creating conversations and and selling advertisements, which is absolutely true. And we're damn good at both of those things. Um, It does not, does it not occur to you that your pronouncements on the future of Kenny Payne and the Louisville program is worthy of at least one or two face palms? You're in the entertainment business. That's all a Louisville fan. I... I don't know what that means. Well, I don't know what it means. I think they're saying like we talk about it too much or we shouldn't be talking about it. But I don't know what we're th- – that is – this is representative of a lot of messages we get. Or t- people that tweet at us during the show, same thing. What – I would love for you to call us and tell me how you think a radio show in Louisville right now should sound. What should we be talking about? Because what I'm not going to do is get on here for three hours, two and a half hours today because there's a game, and just lie to you or gaslight you into telling you that you should love what you're seeing and it's great. And I'm not going to act like it's not happening. We've never done that. That's why I think a lot of you listen. We did it with, we've done it with football. We've done it with basketball in the past. We've done it with every, with the athletic director search, with the NCAA. We've done it with everything. And so I'm generally, I'm genuine, I'm serious about this texter and people who text and tweet like this what do you want to hear i mean i'm still gonna say what i want to say but i want like what are you expecting to hear that you're like off put by this i don't get it we've done we've tried a few like here's the thing and and we went over this last year last week where i said look i would love to have new angles on this team (laughs) i would love to have new angles on the staff but in order to get new angles you need to have new data and we talked about the different things on Monday that we got out of the Miami game. And I've told you how I don't – I'm worried it doesn't translate to the Virginia. Like this is – but we can't ignore what's happening. 
it's Louisville basket. It's Louisville men's basketball. We can't ignore what's happening. I talk about the women's team as much as I can. Uh, there are national stories to talk about, but we're not going to ignore the biggest story in town. And yes, I would love to talk about potatoes so more. It, I waited. <laughs> I promise. I do. Immediately, I waited for the text to come in, and it came in in one minute. I want more potato talk. <laughs> I, I you can't talk, go wrong there. I will talk potatoes till I'm blue in the face. Like I, I said, I would eat a live animal that will never go away. It will always yeah. eat right below the surface. Pocket at least. potatoes, yeah. Never pocket go potatoes are here to stay. Nor buddy. do I want it to go. That's anywhere. right. That's I, right. I, I didn't That's talk about it because I was uh, ashamed of it. I'm certainly not. But I'm serious about but, this. Like, I'm frustrated by those kinds of texts, not because I don't understand the feeling. If you, Like, if you're, especially if you're sort of a big-time believer and you, you want people to just chill out and give Kenny a chance, I get it. I'm not unsympathetic to that. But if that, like, how the hell would you do a radio show if that's your mindset? Like, what would you be saying? I would love to hear what you would expect to say. People don't like to Here. be lied to. All right. And, Some people and, do like to be lied well, to. Well, the mass, vast majority of people don't like to be lied to. At least I don't think they do. Um, and at this point, like, I can tell you I'm hopeful it works out, but I'm also I'm not going to tell you that there's any indication on my hand that it's going to. That's my point of view. I like Kenny. I hope it works out, but I'm not going to sit here and blow sunshine up your ass. It's just not how hey, I'm not going to do it. I've told you what I think he needs to do before next year. Trust me, I have said this multiple times. I joke about it, but I'm half serious. Every time that we have to talk about this team, I wish we didn't. Half the time. Sometimes I wish we did. Like, sometimes I'm cool with it. But last week when I thought we were kind of at a point where like I don't want to say the same stuff over again, so let's let's find a new way to talk about this team, it always devolves the same thing. But guess what? We got seven phone calls off of it. You know, and, and every time I think the public is over it, the public wants to talk about it more. And as much as I'm not, as much as I wish that we had a fresh angle and, and, and every once in a while there's something we can do, but this is a team that is frustrating in its level of play, but also frustrating in how monotonous it's gotten. I mean, I've done countless <laughs> postgame shows with Ethan and Taylor where it's like, okay, it's another loss. We might get three or four calls. And then sometimes you just get like 10 calls. They just call nonstop because they all have an opinion. They want to get it out. It, it, go, it vacillates. It goes back and forth where sometimes you get a lot of people that want to talk like a, a, a game or a topic will strike a nerve. And sometimes well, people like, are like game, I'm just over it. Right? Yeah, the like first it, pit game was like, whoa, I'm fresh mad. It was a new level. Right. Right. And before that, earlier in the season, the Florida State was, was, a, was a moment where it's like, well, this team's terrible. And we got beat by 20-plus by this team that's terrible. Well, because like, so we have these conversations and we get texts and tweets like that. And again, I want you to know whoever, you know, those who, who you are. I, I get it. I get what you're getting at. I'm not unsympathetic to it. I, I understand. But the minute I start doing kind of what we did yesterday with Caroline or what we you and I just did a little bit here where we start talking about the game, like what would Louisville have to do to win, I get deluged with just the opposite. Why are you wasting your time talking about the game? Why are you, they're not? We all know Kenny's not going to exactly, be here next year. Exactly. We all know so, Kenny's so, not going to be the coach. It's like, dude, we don't really know that. You know, and, and like it, there's that's the thing. Like you're not going to please everybody all the time, but there are more people – like if your point of view is that why are you guys like down on the coach or why are you talking like he's on the hot seat next year? It's like, well, we're talking like that because however you want to talk about whatever 
terminology you want to use, because I'm not, I've never said hot seat, but whatever terminology you want to use, he is in a critical situation next year. And that's not that's not lying to you. That is not uh, overblowing the situation. If he finishes this season with three or four wins, which is probably what we're going to finish with, he is in, in a very critical situation when it comes to his job next year. And he has to perform. And then the other side of it, like there's there's the handful of people that don't want to talk about that or think we're being too hard. Then there's, like you said, two dozen tweets every time that we actually try to break down the game where they're like, give it a rest. Blah, blah, blah. Why are you even talking to me? And you're like, all right, man. It's our job to talk about the game. Like, I don't know what you want it's me to do. It's literally what we do. Like, we have other storylines we're going to talk about, but the U of L men's basketball game, like on game day, it's going to take up it's a couple Virginia. of segments. Like probably the country. It's like, going to take up a couple segments. We got the last segment, this segment. But anyway, how about them Chiefs? <laughs> By the way, Andy Reid, fourth oldest coach to win the Super Bowl. Do you know who the three? They're older than older him, than him to have, win yes. the Super Bowl. This is great. Throw a guess out. Okay, there. Coughlin and Belichick have to be up there. Those are both correct answers. Excellent. Is well, it just those two? Like Coughlin twice or Belichick? No, twice? there's one more. There's, there's one, one more? more. Okay. Is it an older one? No, it's it's okay. It's a modern. It's a okay. modern coach. It's an older coach to win the How Super Bowl. How was Dick Vermeil when he won? Yeah, is that that's what I would go. No. Hmm. He's Dick Vermeil wasn't crazy old in 2000. Because he got his head coaching job pretty young. Okay. When he took over the Eagles in like 1980. Texture says Louisville by 440, 440. That's exactly how it would go. <laughs> right. You're 100% right. All right. The phone lines. One more. Give me a second. We'll take a call uh-huh. and I'm going to think about it. Jesse, welcome into the drive. And I thought, what's on your mind, bud? Hey, brother. Hey, brother. Uh, you know, I don't know who the guy is uh, or the woman is, but uh, you, you, they probably tuned in on a day when, you know, you, you, just, you guys were just discussing it and. Yeah, you've been really, you've been really fair. You've been really uh, level-headed about it, and really kind of have acquiesced a lot of times because it's a sensitive subject with with, with local basketball. It just is. But you guys have been more than fair, and uh, and just been poignant about a lot of stuff, man. It's just, it is what it is. I think it keeps coming back to that saying that mm-hmm. it is what it is. We wish, all of us wish, the pros, the people who don't like Kenny, and the people who do like him. We all wish that it was different, but yeah. but it's not. So, yeah. but I just want to come in and give you guys a check mark, man. You, you've been you've been really fair. What what I want main part of what I want to talk about is, and it, and this is, this may rub some people the wrong way, um, but man, I, I I think that, and this is my just my opinion. I think that we we're depending on L. Ellis like Kenny Payne depends on. Too much, uh, you know, and, and and in my opinion, and I look at it from a guard perspective, L. Ellis is a problem, and he just is. He plays zero defense, and I, I, people say, "Oh, he's calling the harp on it." Well, yeah, I do because we've lost so many games because teams have come back on us. We have had the lead on a lot of teams, and they come back easily. And when you look at it, like I have with the, my my replay, man, his man kills us every time. Mm. 
it may not just be his man, but it's mainly his 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 defense, his guard play. So as many points as he scores, he gives that many away. And his defensive posture is always standing straight up. He's never down. He doesn't fight through picks. It has really become annoying to me. And I was a big L. Ellis fan. I was looking forward to him. So he's scoring good points. But, man, what good is it if you score a lot of points and your man is, is scores as many points as you do? It's just a wash. When he comes across the full court, the half-court line, he's looking in his man's eyes and not looking at the floor. It's a challenge there, and he challenges whoever's playing him to let's see who scores the most points. I mean, I know he wants to win, but, man, he's, he's, he's doing things at the cost of, of us winning as a team. I, I, you guys can I cannot comment on it, but his zero defense has been a handicap for us all year, and that's my Appreciate, yeah, appreciate uh, the call. There, thank you so much, Jesse. Uh, first of all, thank you. For, words, yeah, yeah, thank you for saying that we've been fair. If there's anything that I would take as a compliment, it's that. Fair. Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate you uh, saying that. It's what we aim for, uh, and I, I can sleep at night if I feel like I've been fair, even if I've been harsh. You can, you can be both. Harsh but fair. That's right. Joe, uh, Joe used to always say that was harsh but fair. Uh, <laughs> as far as L. Ellis is concerned, if He's, I think he's kind of emblematic of like the, so much of what's wrong, what has gone wrong this year, in that there are things you can see that you can work with, and sometimes even things that you see that you are downright excited about, that you, not only you can work with, you could win with. And then you also have instances where you have your own head coach saying he tends to coast at times on the defensive end. Those are Kenny Payne's words about yeah. L. Ellis. And I... And it's been tolerated. If there's a, a single overarching complaint about the year that I think Kenny really does have to kind of look in the mirror about, and we have seen a menagerie out the window today. Yeah, I know. Every time, very, like, for somebody with ADHD, by, this is a nightmare. It's tell, every time we ball both of our heads, we just keep flipping to the right. It's it's people fly by on scooters. Just it's ridiculous. If there's one overarching complaint about the team that I do think Kenny's got to sort of have some some sort of personal coming to Jesus about it it has been the toleration of bad behavior right and, and not like and I know that I, th I think he thinks he inherited guys who needed a lot of rebuilding kind of upstairs and that there just wasn't a place like I think that the, where he could sort of be overly harsh on them or he just lose them immediately but it has turned out to be they've been spoiled and it's it, you know so you have LLS is a captain, and, and you're saying here's a captain. Think about this. Two of the three captains he has described as either coasting on defense or fighting conditioning. And they might still be some of the better guys on the team, but like that's not a winning situation to be in. And that's the sort of thing that I, I, will have to change going forward. Yeah. There is no outward appearance of accountability anywhere. For sure. Any thoughts on that other coach? Is eating you up that we're not answering that, isn't it? It is. So I looked it up during the break. Oh, well, that's, that's, I'll what's the answering. point of that? So don't say it. I'm not going to say it. But I'm just telling you, I looked it up, so I'm going to refrain from answering the last okay. one. So, the question, so the question was, there are three coaches who have won the Super Bowl older than Andy Reid. Yes. You immediately got Belichick and Coughlin. Yes. Yes. You, uh, Bruce Arians? Yes. I'm surprised I took you forever. I know. That's what I, was, I was kind of like... 
Where are you at, Mark? Come on. You, you know, he retired immediately yeah. afterwards, and I just didn't even go there. And he didn't head. strike you as overly old, honestly. He did. Yeah. He did not. I agree. He didn't. You know, he wore There's his... four people that have walked directly up to the studio window <laughs> to wave at us. Like, everyone's in a great mood. A great today. mood. <laughs> and it's we the are weather. I feel like it like, is. It is the weather. But, like, Bruce Arians, I feel like the Kangol de-aged him, like... <laughs> Like 20 years. Because <laughs> he retired from Arizona because of like the heart attack or health yeah. problems there or whatever. And then he retired again. So he doesn't he's trying trying to be old. But, but you know what? He's Tom one Brady. of those guys that has looked that old for a long time. Yeah. So you're not totally sure like, how old is that guy He's like really? Wilford Brimley. Yeah. <laughs> Wilford Brimley was, was 70 years old for 40 30 years. 30 years. That's, you're 100% right. Do you know how old he was when he did Cocoon? In his yeah. late 40s, right? He was 51 years 51, old when yeah. he did Cocoon. And all of the people that he was playing as peers he was playing a retiree were eighty five, like yeah. like it was uh, Don Amici and guys like that that were in their eighties in late seventies, and he was cast as their contemporary. <laughs> and then he did Quaker Oats commercials. I was like, "You're ninety forever!" Like, come on, man, Wilford Brimley. Like, I thought he was eighty in the early eighties, and he was just that he age for forty it. years. He looked it. Mm. Andy Reid doesn't him? look old to me. No, he doesn't. He's he doesn't really. The secret to longevity is cheeseburgers. That's right. <laughs> that man loves cheeseburgers. He does love who doesn't? I just I love, love that he leans into it all the time too. Like they, when they won the division and the team just gives him a cheeseburger in a shoebox, like <laughs> hey, congrats, coach. He's like, yeah. <laughs> and then people get mad at Terry for making a cheeseburger reference, apparently. Loves cheeseburgers. Well, I guess we can... I'm sure you've seen the last, like, 24 hours of the interaction between Juju Smith-Schuster, James Bradbury, and ultimately A.J. Brown. I did. Yeah? Yeah, I I did see. And it started with Juju Smith-Schuster sending a kind of a... uh, Like a Valentine. A fake, yeah, kind of a mocked-up, photoshopped uh, Valentine in which he said, I would hold you forever or something like that. No, it was... Like you always hold me at the right time or something like that yeah. because obviously Bradbury got called for the hold right um, at the end of the Super Bowl and I like look there's an image that people have made where it says they're beating your ass in the QRTs yeah. which I tweeted last night in response to that because there was something especially off putting about that I'll hold you when it matters most that's what it's that's like. what he said. Yeah. It, that a number of players, former players and current players, jumped on that to basically say, like, you're a schmuck yeah. for doing that. And there's a couple of reasons why. One, Juju Smith-Schuster does not have a good reputation amongst his peers. He's a tool. And two, Bradbury admitted to holding and was very just... Magnanimous He didn't, he didn't complain about the call. No Eagles player has been anything but that. Exactly. And he just said, look, I did it, and we lost the game. He has not complained. He didn't make an ass of himself. There was no reason to do that. Like there was no reason to go after him. It was already it was punishment enough getting the call, and he has been very graceful and gracious since then. Yep. And then AJ Brown just absolutely murdered uh, Juju on the timeline. Would you like to read AJ Brown's response? Yeah, let me pull it up real quick because I think I've got it right. All here. I can tell you as the highlight of it is. He's referred. He refers to Juju Smith-Schuster as TikTok boy. He did, refer which to as TikTok I boy. cannot think that there is a single context in which being referred to as TikTok boy is a good thing. No, 
All right, Not if you're an NFL player, at least. <laughs> so Eagles receiver, um, A.J. Brown, phenomenal player, and James Bradbury's uh, teammate. First off, congratulations. Y'all deserve it. This is lame. <laughs> you was on the way out the league before Mahomes resurrected your career on your one-year deal, TikTok boy. <laughs> he, ad- he admitted that he grabbed you, but don't act like you're like that or ever was. But congratulations again. The LeGarrette Blunt tweet also. <laughs> Did you see LeGarrette Blunt's response? Oh, LeGarrette Blunt's uh, response was just as good. Uh, I, th- I I don't think I can read all of it. Uh, My favorite was the Garter Johnson response where he's like, I had more interceptions you get touchdowns this past season. <laughs> LeGarrette Blunt responded to, again, this is Juju Smith-Schuster tweeting a Valentine that said, I'll hold you when it matters most. Yeah. Obviously referring to the very crucial holding penalty in the Super Bowl. LeGarrette Blunt responded with this. 172 yards in the last six games, including the Super Bowl of the season, and no TDs. Who held you then? He said, don't be a word I can't say on the radio. Uh, and continue to play your role on an already great team with a great coach. Congrats to my guy, uh, Travis Kelsey, and the future of the NFL, Pat Mahomes. Y'all did your thing. So who held you when you didn't have nothing the last six games of the year? It's My dad would always would, would harp on this, and it's I appreciate it now. I didn't appreciate it at the time. But basically, like, don't be a sore winner. Yeah, you know, that's the, a lesson the I learned are, are, early in my you, life. You know, the no sacks shirts, yeah. uh, which I get celebrating. I mean, the Bucks went uh, way over the top when they won uh, and celebrated, and, but none of it was like making fun of the Chiefs. No, you know, and are the yeah, the, the Chiefs. No line this, guys they had that Super Bowl. No one leaned into that. Exactly, exactly. It's just we won. We're happy, but like this. He, it wasn't even like the penalty was because he did something amazing. It was just Bradbury made a mistake. Out of his break. Like, no one yeah. even thinks he was going to get to that ball, you know, on the holding call or anything like that. But it's but that's it's, it's the worst just sort holding. of a sort – yeah. the, the Chiefs are in real trouble, I think, of, of being hated with the zero-sack stuff, with stuff like this, with stupid Mahomes' brother doing a TikTok right behind him. While he's doing the you know the interview after the game, do you see have you yeah, seen that I where he stops it. to go? And then the this the, no people said this was going to be a rebuilding year. No one believed in us and all this stuff. Man, get the hell out of here with this! It's bad enough you guys are like impossible to beat anyway. Somebody got to be annoying too, right? Somebody tweeted out a video of uh, this girl doing, you know, a TikTok getting recorded doing a TikTok video in the middle of like a crowded. It was a mall or something or a train station, and they're like Jackson Mahomes on the field after the Super Bowl. Yes. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> it's but like I get the Chiefs from the like there was this talk about this may not be their best season, but it's like you, I think they were still the odds on fair before the season started. It's like you still have Mahomes, so you have a chance every year. See, they were. It was. Uh, I talked about this the other day. Like there were there were detractors, there were doubts preseason. No Tyree Kill, you know, rebuilding the offensive line. But I it disagree. It wasn't. It wasn't like they're not going to be really, really good. Nobody picked them out of the top two in the AFC. Nobody did. They did highlight the rest of the AFC West and say, "Look, the Broncos traded for Russell Wilson. Justin Herbert's on the way up." There were other talk, but nobody doubted Patrick Mahomes, you know, and the Chiefs and Andy Reid. I also like maybe Bart Scott, but that's better than one person. And then half, halfway through the year, Josh Allen was the sexy pick, and the Bills were the sexy pick for the Super Bowl, and they were considered the best team in the AFC. 
And then at the end of the year, in the in the postseason, Joe Burrow and the Bengals and Burrow Burrowhead three and zero against the Chiefs. You know, like those those were all talking points. It doesn't change the fact that it's absurd to to pretend like you were un, you know like you were underdogs. But these are all like talking points you could aggregate into like a people were doubting us more than they should. But they, whatever, like you were still one of the favorites in the league from day one. Well, I, I also think I think Kansas City players some the the Bengals will regret all of the bravado going into that game without question, and they will forever tell the mayor to shut your freaking mouth. There's no 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 denying that. Stick to politics. But sometimes what I think the Chiefs fans and Chiefs players pick up on as doubting is is people having uh, already being tired of the like the the inevitable future anointing of, of all of this. You know, they won one Super Bowl and it was like, this is the best he's going to win a million Super Bowls and be the best ever already. And we're already giving him credit for all of it. And people are like, well, don't they have to actually go do it first? Like, don't, you're doubting us. You're doubting us. Yeah, I'm doubting that you're going to win seven Super Bowls. Yeah, I am. That's but okay. Think, it's uh, like the yeah. Michael Jordan piece where you just make stuff up about yes. someone. I honestly think it's more, it's, it's on a similar vein. But it's probably as much like people trying to find the next thing before the current thing is done yet. You know, like everybody's trying to anoint Josh Allen and trying to anoint Joe Burrow. Or Joe Burrow, right. When they're all, the Chiefs are looking at Patrick Mahomes and going like, nobody's really passed him yet, regardless of what's happened at this point. Do they have rings yet? Then he's still the man in the AFC. So, like, I understand that to a degree, but it's not really doubting. It's just they, they take anything other than like complete and total deference as disrespect. You know what I mean? And that's that's not what it is. Eighty one fifty ninety three. It's all that's, motivational uh, tactics, Mark. You know it. Of course, it's of all course. it's all to say. It's it's it's. We joked about this a month ago. How undefeated Georgia, the defending national champion, undefeated Georgia, like just soulless juggernaut, eating. College football live. They've taken over Alabama's mantle. They talked about the world doubting them. It's like, bro, which world? Oh, I know. Nobody doubted it's the same you. Thing it was Dabo does. The, no, no, it's the like most when Bryce concerned. Young with the Heisman. He's like, man, I was so under recruited. Like, you were a f- consensus five star. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It was, it was Bryce. He, he literally said, nobody. Right. No, but everybody doubted me. It's like, no, dude, you were a consensus yeah. five star. That's the opposite of doubt. Like, what are you talking about? It's also interesting because it's not at all the the mo of of Andy Reid. Yeah. Like at all, he is not a talker at all. No, that's coming from him. Yeah. Of course, but it, like it's contrary to kind of his whole way of being, and, and maybe he's like a counter to that and kind of keeps it under control at least a little bit. But it's it's hard for me to imagine him like Belichick is kind of famous for. In that before that Super Bowl was with the, with the Eagles, where he made up that oh here's the the Eagles have already planned their uh, their Super Bowl parade. Yeah. Here's the parade route. We've got our hands on. It. Look at this. They already think they're going to win this thing. I think it was the Eagles the first time they played them. That look what they look at this and he used it as motivation. Like what the hell? These guys think you know. You never hear anything like that from Andy Reid at all. And so for these guys to be annoying like this, I hate it. It's coming for Kelsey. That's thank you, like though that was pretty, that was something else, pretty man. Good. It's pretty good. It was pretty good. Let's get Chris in here before we take a break. Chris, welcome into the drive. I think what's on your mind, bud. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Hey, buddy. Uh, hey uh, I know. I uh, noticed that we've got the change on our schedule there with Notre Dame. Uh, we're going up to Notre Dame in twenty four instead of twenty six. 
And, um, you know, I think VMI got knocked off the schedule, and so did USF. Um, and uh, But we're sitting there in 2026. I, I mean, I've got my spreadsheet out here with future schedules. You okay? and Blankenbaker both. Boy. Yeah. I, I mean, I just sit there, you know, and I'm just staring at it. You know, this is a guy when he was uh, eight years old, dad was, take, his dad was taking him out there to go watch Wichita State and Dayton and, uh. and people like that, you know. So, you know, when I look at these schedules, man, it's, it's just uh, – uh, I'm on this like ugly on eight. I'm just telling you right now. But anyway, with all that said, you know, we're sitting there in 2026 with two open uh, slots, uh, which, you know, it, it, they'll get filled. But I just don't understand with uh, what's going on with that Pac-10 or Pac-12 or Pac-2, whatever they are, depending upon what day you're talking, why we can't, you know, get some type of a scheduling alliance with these guys. Where you know you, you know they they'd be great out of conference games. Everybody's going to be scrambling a little bit here, and just try and get the door open a little bit uh, uh, to try and get something going uh, as far as uh, a workable alliance, uh, so that you know they're going to be looking for some football games, and and it's not to say that uh, we aren't either. Uh, you know, uh, depending upon how you know these other conferences. Uh, you know, increase the number of conference games. Uh, I just think that, you know, I really would like to see that. Plus, you know, <clears throat> you know, it's kind of exciting to go places you've never been before, right? And um, mm-hmm. I know that we've played Arizona State three times, and and uh, maybe in Oregon State, I think we played twice. But yeah. outside of that, I'm, I'm not sure that we really played anybody in the uh, yeah in Utah. We played them a couple times, but you know. Uh, what are your What are your all thoughts on that? Uh, you know, to try and you know, one strengthen the schedule and and rub each other's back, so to speak. Yeah, I appreciate uh, the call, Chris. Thanks for that. It's almost like we planned that. Jeez, that was perfect because that's where I wanted to go on the other yeah. side. So let's. We haven't taken a break, so we need to do that right now. When we come back, I want to pick. I want to answer that question and pick this discussion up. I also really quickly before we we do that, props to Dieter and Blakebaker for the audio of the Duke hearing. Where Duke was like, no, we literally are the worst team ever. You weren't damaged by not playing us. I, I, I've read about that a million times. I've like, never, never heard, heard the audio. Yeah. Oh, it was fantastic. Maybe we could dig it up. Oh, I'd love uh, to hear it It again. was yeah. super. I mean, I, I loved I never knew that the audio existed. I thought it was all briefs. You know, I didn't know it was. It actually was said by a human representing Duke. Somebody got paid to do that. Uh, so we will answer, so we'll answer that question. Because there are possibly some... M- movements that are happening among uh, the conferences here in just a little bit. The Alliance Returns the alliance is the first returns. text. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of when he said the sketch. Like, proud of the work of the Alliance. Like, I'm proud of all the work we did in the Alliance, man, and I'm looking forward to the Alliance coming back again. We'll be uh, right back here. We'll answer those questions on the drive on the Thunderbolt. We'll be right back. <laughs> Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it. But then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com.
listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull. We had Chris, uh, the caller, before we took the break there, who asked the question uh, about Louisville's future schedules uh, with uh, the news today that the well, we had the news yesterday that USF had shuffled uh, Louisville games around as part of shuffling a bunch of games around, and including some other ACC schools, which I think has led some people to perhaps ske- speculate there's just sort of some there's like a larger scheduling space being made. Yeah, you know, uh, on ACC uh, schedules, perhaps in the future, maybe there's some changes coming for the ACC. That might be true. Uh, it would be a long time, I think, but it probably would also be something done in conjunction with what looks like some really, really bad. Like, if you think the ACC's television deal is bad, and that negotiations are not have, did not go well for them, the Pac-12 is in unbelievable trouble uh, right now with with the way that their television negotiations have gone. The Big Twelve jumped ahead of them, got it done fast, and got a a decent deal done to stay on. Fox and on ESPN and still get decent money uh, and probably be able to weather in a 12-team playoff era the loss of OU in Texas about as well as anybody really could. Uh, But the Pac-12 is having no such luck. And there's a decent chance. There is a reasonable chance that you're going to be able to watch Pac-12 football like at the gas pump or... It'll like Pac-12 football will be like those YouTube ads that you skip before you can watch your video. Yeah, you know, what I'm talking? or or like the AMC, like the pre-roll before movies. They'll be like, "This is Maria Menounos for you know what Pac-12 <laughs> for Pac-12 football." Yeah, here's four minutes of Cal uh, Cal Arizona State. <laughs> like it's it's bad to where uh, today the reports are that uh, TBS is and and CB or and NBC are out. That, and that ESPN, I think, has made it pretty clear they are they have now reached the point where they are going to be a little tighter with rights fees and negotiations going forward because of the report yesterday that NBC really, really would like to get the NBA back, at least in some capacity, which would mean Round Ball Rock would be back, which is great. Right? Exactly. The Pac-12 is in giant, giant trouble. I think that there is a real possibility that we're going to end up with a Pac-12 that's decimated and entirely on ESPN Plus or something. Yeah, which is wild to me. Like, I mean, it's it's a cornerstone old conference. I mean, it's a Rose Bowl conference. It's really all you need to say. And it's – I don't know what happens with the premier brands. I mean, we had so much speculation in the wake of the USC-UCLA news uh, last year. Where there was a lot of speculation that you know UW and Oregon were on the on the radar for the Big Ten, and maybe they are, but the Big Ten made it clear that Notre Dame was their number one prize, and before anybody else, and before anything else is is, is breached, like that's the that's the school that they want over anybody else. UW and, and, and Oregon don't really have like a defined landing place outside of the Big Ten at this point. There were also there was also the scuttle that happened like right after that that the Big Twelve would maybe try to try to grab the basically the Southwest 
with Arizona, Arizona State, uh, Colorado, and Utah. Um, I just – it's weird to me to think because even if that happens and those four schools are, are taken and, and maybe eventually the Big Ten grabs Oregon and, and Washington because they're the best brands left, at the end of the day there's still some really high-caliber athletic departments with a lot of tradition that are left on the floor in that situation. I mean, you're talking Cal and Stanford. I mean, another academic institution, Stanford wins national titles and everything. You know, they're great in women's basketball. Um, they, but they do like all the you know water polo and all those other ridiculous sports and <laughs> that, that we don't participate in. You know, like they they have a rich tradition in athletics. Well, even um, on the football side, like Colorado just hired Deion Sanders to be their yeah, head coach. Well, I'm talking about Colorado being taken to the Big yeah, Twelve. Okay. I mean, like the the leftover. Well, brands, I'm talking the Pac-12. Be, if you like, you have a premier like coach in your conference right now that you would want to capitalize on sure but like right now like if all of those moves happen it's cal stanford washington state oregon state that are left out that's crazy that's wild i mean those are pretty big brands even if they're not the most successful all four of them pretty big and prominent brands in the history of of college sports and big state universities two of them but the truth is when it comes to watching them on tv yeah we don't really watch any of them except for the one that's going to that's going to the Big Ten. I mean USC, I mean we really don't watch UCLA football. Let's be serious. We don't, don't really. watch it. I mean, I do like watch Chip Oregon Kelly? and Washington. What? You don't like Chip Kelly? I don't watch UCLA. No, I'm I mean fair. I don't care about him one way or the other, you know what <laughs> I mean? I'm fair with that. Yeah, I don't uh I don't I, I don't watch them. I, I mean I'll Late night, I'll watch. I don't Norgan gamble, game. so I don't chase. So you know I don't watch I mean? Pac-12 football after dark. You know what I mean? But like, I'll turn it on. You know, it'll be in the background sometimes when I'm eating late dinner or something, or just the capper on the Saturday night when I come home from a Louisville game. You know, I'll watch. I'll watch some some Pac-12 football. But of the five, you know, major conferences at this point, they're number five as far as who I watch the most. I would hope that this opens up. So the caller had asked about some sort of scheduling alliance or something. I mean, I would hope that almost anything would be on the table and that ESPN would perhaps see this as an opportunity to maybe gobble up a couple more of them. Because it's like zero sum at this point when it comes to the Pac-12. Getting those teams into uh, – if you're going to be in the Big Ten, you're going to be only on or primarily on Fox and NBC – uh, or you're going to be on ESPN in the ACC or the SEC, then maybe it would be an opportunity to work something out to gobble those those teams yeah. up and, and have them just for yourself. Uh, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to imagine even a future for the ACC or for the Pac-12. Excuse me. Uh, going That's forward, what I'm saying. and it seems like it would be very easy for the Big Twelve to perhaps pick off either Colorado and Utah back, yeah. or the Arizona schools, you know, and, and all of a sudden have a pretty geographically interesting conference and at least like decently worth watching. Maybe I mean I the thing is with with moving the Notre Dame games around and USF making moves with the Louisville game and Miami games yeah such, it, it feels like, like smoke it does it? make you wonder if the ACC isn't trying to prep something one of the only options for the ACC to increase revenue is is to revisit that deal with either more teams that are worth money to the ACC or to ESPN excuse me or more games and that maybe. Instead of this being an expansion move, that perhaps they're trying to prep for going to nine conference games. 
I don't know. I it, it's it's uh, Texas says you dub with a quick. It's Washington. You dub is Washington. Um, but I. I have a hard time wrapping my mind. I always did. I had a hard time wrapping my mind around the ACC going after some kind of bi-coastal, like actual conference. You know what I mean? Like a with full-time members on the Pacific Coast. Um, and you know that I feel like Ethan Moore is busy like rewriting his entire uh, show plan for, for LSL because this is the stuff that he loves. Yes, that's right. And, and apparel <laughs> he's, deals. He's 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 all the way back in on conference realignment. He's like, but what if we picked up Oregon and Washington right now? Um, but yeah, like I, I have a hard time believing that's going to be anything like that. Uh, but I would be interested or wonder what it would look like with some kind of a scheduling alliance. I don't even think that's enough to save the Pac-12, though. Like, I just... This is clear that the Pac-12 is not an interesting product anymore to, to um, networks. Like, they just, they're just they not prepared to spend a lot of money on the Pac-12 as is. And I think that's going to cause the Pac-12 schools to be looking elsewhere right now and get off that ship. And some of them might have homes. The Big 12 might get ambitious again and take that that southwest quarter, you know, and, and just take it with them uh, and make a, a supersized Big 12. But I, I just – I have a hard time seeing the ACC either taking those schools as full-time members or even having anything left over to schedule with, you know, because, like, they, I think all the attractive members are going to be looking for another home. Well, you also – if you go try to get expansion with a package, like, who was it? San Diego State and, like – Fresno State. Oh, they've got recently nothing. Or SMU. They've got nothing. That too. Yeah. Like right. Boise State would have made sense like a decade ago when their football team was at the height of their dominance. It would have made. I mean, geographically made sense for them to join, but they don't have much power anymore. By the way, it's hard for people to understand just how little. And I'm not picking on because it's not like Louisville's Harvard or something, but like just how little people think of Boise State as a school. Yeah. I mean, it, we're we're within the lifetime of people who went there as a community college yeah and do not want to be associated with them in the ways that schools in the same conference are associated in everything like cal and stanford don't want to be in the exactly. same conference as Boise exactly. State. exactly with at least with louisville's uh, uh like it, it was a commuter school but it's an urban research institution it had a it's a medical school medical school had a partnership with duke for years before this, there were things that Louisville was known for, and we were never a community college. <laughs> like, right. We were a private school that got bought by the state. But it, it's um, Boise State's different, like like Mark said. Like it's their reputation is, ugh. and I realize academics aren't nearly as important as they used to be, but they still are symbolic to some. Now, to the other question, or kind of the other point that Chris is making there, in terms of like strengthening future schedules or. Uh, variety i'm all for whatever creates more of these kind of inter regional or intersectional yeah. you know, matchups that we don't get very often and uh, you know, florida and utah played last year and, and, and i think florida's making the return trip this year uh, early in the season i love that stuff i would be all in favor of that and in one of these open years if there the problem with what i'm about to suggest is you can't count on it for any like at all but in a pinch, I would love to play Colorado in Deion Sanders. I think sure. that would be amazing. Sure, uh, you just can't schedule them too far out ahead because you don't know where we might be. He's on his, he's upward, right? But 
Ethan's already sent us an article. I'm excited <laughs> about it. That's <laughs> my guy. I can't wait to see it. Uh, there it I'm going to read that in the break. But, um, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a harbinger for yep. for conference expansion. I wouldn't be surprised if this is an uh, indication that the ACC is going to nine conference games. I wouldn't be surprised at any of that. I do think that it didn't make any sense, like long-term, that the Pac-12 wasn't going to get rated again. It just made too much sense. The Pac-12 is on uneven ground. It's 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 a house built on sand right now. Like, it's just not going to work. Um, and all of the marketable brands in that conference that can find another home are going to find it, and I think they're going to do it soon because it's just it's clear like this TV um, negotiation period. Like this is making it clear that the Pac-12 is not viable going forward. Yeah, there's no yeah, there's no question about that. And it, you know, there's it's funny. You it used to be like. Okay, now we're up, and we're going to get a big payday. Now we're up, we're going to get a payday, and we have kind of like quarterbacks. Yeah. We have finally reached the place where television networks are like, it's not not it's yeah, not, from, not good it's enough. Not, yeah. yeah, this isn't going to cut it. It's not automatic. And I, look, that's got to be humiliating. I would think on some level that you're just not. But if you think about it, I mean, Oregon and Washington are are big names. But I don't go out of my way even to watch them. Sure. Much less Cal, Stanford, which is just like West Coast Wake like, Forest. I need Oregon to have a good matchup for me to be yeah, like. That's right. Go out and of my usually way. it's somebody not in that league mm, that like I'm Oregon interested in watching Auburn. Oregon play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. Uh, the Arizona schools have given me no reason to want that. Uh, and now maybe they will. I think Dillingham's going to be pretty good uh, yeah. at Arizona State. But they haven't, and Utah and Colorado. I mean, Utah's good. Colorado is the dregs. See, I, uh, I Colorado before Dion, the last coach they hired was literally because he already lives here. That's why they hired Carl, right. Carl Durrell again. Right, he already has a house. He's here. already here. <laughs> Don't have to pay his moving expenses. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know, my favorite Arizona State football memory Jake. is when their punter got Jake they, Plummer's dad. <laughs> they played. They played uh, LSU. And I don't know why this game has always just stayed in my mind. LSU was just absolutely hammering them. And Arizona State dropped back to punt. And LSU just destroyed the punter. Just absolutely <laughs> killed the punter. And got a piece of the ball, so it wasn't a penalty. Just absolutely speared the punter. And it was one of the most brutal like hits I've ever seen in my life in college football. And I'll never forget it. But speaking of... Uh, That's Arizona State football. You're so right. The Speaking victim of of, of, uh, of 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 media rights deals and such, I am fascinated to see what will happen with the with now the bankruptcy, the the impending bankruptcy of the Bally Sports uh, yeah. Networks. And I believe there was a report today that AT and T Sportsnet, which is like the regional network that carries the Pittsburgh Pirates, also defaulted and missed a payment today. That I don't know where, like I don't know how baseball will respond to that like that is the lifeblood some of those some the of local, these teams the are, local yeah, yeah it's, it keeps the like the marlins and the rays in such a float and i don't know where teams will go in in response to that we're gonna end up with so much stuff on espn plus for like pennies on the dollar it's gonna be amazing espn's gonna love it they're gonna love it one more segment here we're gonna come back here on the other side louisville virginia before we send you off to pregame coverage of louisville virginia on the drive drive on 93 in the ville be right back you messed me up 